What's up, guys? We had Eli Trishon on the podcast today. Uh, New York City comic, originally from San Francisco. I met him through the Rubber City Comedy Festival. We became pretty good buddies that weekend. And uh, he came back to co-feature Funny Stop. And uh, we did the uh, Saturday late night show after this podcast was recorded. And he was uh, very complimentary to the Cleveland scene. He thinks we have a good thing going. And uh, he liked everybody he met here. And he had a good time. Um, at the shows, the shows at Funny Stop were awesome. Um, they're sponsored by the Rubber City Comedy Festival. Uh, the early show on Saturday was so packed they had to add 20 seats just to get everybody in. Um, but both shows were awesome. I did a guest set on the second show. Fun time. Mark Jaffe was great. Um, but yeah, that's about it. We talked about the Ukraine thing, but this was recorded on Saturday, like I said, um, so, you know, if we're out of date on some shit, you know, time, whatever, but crazy what's been happening in the past couple of days, I'm sure we'll talk about it next week on the podcast, but it's progressing very quickly, so we probably fuck some things up, um, and then we talked about the guy getting his dick froze off at the Olympics, and a four-year-old shoot, shooting at a cop. And then we talked about Mike Vecchione at the end, which was Eli's comic that he picked um, for his inspiration or whatever. So uh, that was fun. Mike Vecchione's very funny. His clip that we played at the end, uh, one of my favorite bits I've heard in a long time. So check that out. Listen to the end. Hope you enjoy it. Have a great week, everybody. Are we live? Are we recording? Yeah. Well, not live, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Brandon, what did you do this weekend, man? Not a whole lot, dude. This was actually kind of a nice weekend. I stayed home for most of it. Um, hoping to go to the Funny Stop tonight and see if I can get up. If not, just hang out, watch the show, have a good time. Uh, I had Ray Highclack hosting Grindstone for me. Went to a yacht club with my girlfriend's family. That was nice and fancy. Cool. Cool place. Did you do comedy? Did you grab the mic and start doing comedy? No, I did not steal the mic from the band. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, based on experience, uh, I understand it's not what you're supposed to do. So yeah. You just don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I always start off the show with asking Brandon how he's doing, um, but <laughs> it makes me feel wanted. I gotta make sure he's uh, he's hanging in there. You know, yeah. I was a little worried at first. I was like, do I look sad or something? No, no, like, that's the, the thing. Help? You have a lot of hope in your eyes, and I think Good. I think John's just trying to preserve that because I hope he tries to bring it out <laughs> yeah. because I haven't found it yet. Yeah. yeah, that other voice you're hearing is Eli Trishon. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, Trishon. Yeah, yeah. Trishon yeah. Okay. That's a weird one. <laughs> um, yeah, he's from New York. I met him through the Rubber City Comedy Festival, and uh, he's here at Funny Stop this weekend, so we had him come over and record a podcast ha- with us. Happy to be here. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bummed out uh, just because... Um, I was, uh, I had like a line in Marvelous Miss Maisel and that's kind of been like what I've been using as my credit just because it's like, I know it has nothing to do with stand up, but it's like sexy, you know, yeah. for people. And, uh, the episode came out and my line is still in there and you can hear my voice, but it, they just keep the camera on Midge the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, damn, that sucks. Yeah, bro. So I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just kind of fucking gutted. Cause I'm like, God, like what, like, it's just so 
fucking disappointing. I mean, I don't yeah. think anybody's yeah. gonna like verify it or anything to go yeah, make sure you're seen, but at least you were in still there. Sucks. It yeah. still sucks. I still yeah. wanted to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm on the IMDb page. I guess that means something. It does. Yeah. It does. You know. I mean, I mean, I think that's all people look at, anyways. But right. Um, it is. It, I did notice they're starting to put a lot more comics in in mm-hmm. the show, though. Like I saw Matthew Broussard sitting at a table in right. one of the episodes. Right, and he was actually, and I had another buddy comic of mine who was going after that part as well. So like, they are trying to do that. Yeah, that's cool. That's why I love about. That's why I loved about Crashing with Pete Holmes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they used so many comics in that show. It was great. Right. Um, so many comics, so little jokes. It was weird, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, I like the show. Like the show. Uh, it kind of, it kind of, you know, because I, I do do that. I, I'll, I'll sell tickets on the street on the weekends sometimes at the pair, just because it's like it's a guaranteed spot a week in Greenwich Village, and it, you can actually make good money selling those tickets. Yeah. Uh, but everyone's always like, after crashing, everyone's like, "Oh, are you barking?" You know, and I'm like, "Yeah, wolf, wolf, I'm a bitch." You know? <laughs> <laughs> you want to buy tickets? I don't know. <laughs> how does uh, how does getting a line in the marvelous Miss Maisel Miss Maisel work? I mean, do you have to audition for that? You, what's the yeah, process like? I got a, I got a manager, um, yeah. and uh, they got me this. And like I listen, I I'm a comic. I don't. I used to be an actor, but I really don't think I think about think of myself as an actor anymore. And I, and I get a handful of auditions a year. Never book anything. I didn't expect anything from it, so I just I sent in the tape and then. And then I got it a couple weeks later. I was like, all right, dope. Kick um, ass. Yeah, so it was cool. But And then I was kind of hoping, like, oh, maybe this will lead to, like, maybe some more auditions because, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, it definitely hasn't. So. Credits are <laughs> and now though. And now it won't. Now it definitely won't. But, you know. I mean, you kind of have, like, a – you kind of have, like, a – like, the the look that's in that show. Too, right. Like, the – 1920s New York right. kind of <laughs> not enough well, you're apparently not, you're not from New York right? right yeah yeah you're from San Francisco yeah man that's why I'm so chill and woke <laughs> <laughs> I can tell I yeah. saw the flannel and the shirt underneath and yeah. I was like this guy he's California yeah. so it's not New York yeah man <laughs> so when did you when did you move to New York then uh, I moved it'll be nine years in August so okay. yeah so a while so did you think like I'm starting comedy I should just move to New York or well I originally I was like I, I was originally an actor and then I came out to New York to be like a real actor or whatever that because I was in LA at the time okay uh, and uh, and then I got there and I was like oh no I just don't like any of this yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I just went to an open mic one day just because I always liked comedy and for and I fucking bombed my dick off and uh but then for some reason, I just kind of kept going back, like, little by little, like, you know, I'd go, like, once a week or something, and then all of a sudden it was twice a week, and then, you know, fast forward to now, I'm, like, going on stage most most days, you Yeah, know? Dude, that's how, when, when I first did it, I, I was I was the opposite, like, I, I, like, my first time went well, but now I look back at it, I'm like, damn, I was fucking terrible, but it right. went well at the yeah, time, yeah, yeah. and and my buddy Brian, who taught me into doing comedy, was like, was like, what do you think? I was like, I think I want to do this forever, like, that's yeah. it, I just jumped in, started doing three or four mics a week, yeah, you know, pretty much, right, but, right, I think that's kind um, of the perk of doing the open mic at a club, it's, it seems like a very supportive atmosphere, comparably to just going to a random dive bar and giving it your best yeah, vibe, and then you go to those bars and you fucking bomb your ass off, yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. terrible, like a real false well, sense of security, New York is like, uh, is like, uh, these open mics, I mean, they don't feel like comedy at all, they feel like, you know, incels anonymous or something, like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like, a bunch of dudes in a fucking dark bar, you know, 
I I tell people at the amateurs a funny stop whenever they say like I think I might try to go out to LVT. LVT is uh, Lakewood Village Tavern. That's our biggest mic in Cleveland. Mm. It's every Wednesday, and uh, I tell them whenever they tell me that I'm like, just don't expect what you're gonna hear. Like it's not like you're gonna fucking bomb. You're gonna get bumped back to like fucking twentieth or something. You know, right. like it's oh fuck, yep. <laughs> like that's yeah. what that's what happened yeah. because. The comics that have been doing it and that are actually a part of the Cleveland scene are going to get bumped up ahead of you. Like, it's right. just, um, but yeah, I was wondering since you were, so you were like a theater kid growing up and stuff. Yeah. Probably. So did, did that, did it take you a while when you started comedy to like get out of the like theatrical stage kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, cause there's a lot of, uh, uh there's a lot, I mean, I don't know. That's hard to... I, I think so. Because I don't think I, I come off as, like, very theatrical no. on stage. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love how you're saying, no, you've never even seen me perform. But I, I like the support. No, I'm just getting a big, getting a big Andrew Garfield vibe from uh, with the hair and everything. I'm yeah. just like, you know, maybe Spider-Man, but I'm not like a theater kid Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> More like a... <laughs> right. I don't get theater kid vibe from you at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mostly because, uh, like, theater people are annoying. <laughs> and, like, I'm just, like, trying not to, to be that guy or be in that world i mean you know yeah i think i see that in theater and theater kids that start in comedy right that like it's it's like it takes them a while to get out of that like having the fourth wall up and you know and right like, and being the big uh, big gestures yes. and being flamboyant and whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck yeah 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 it's like uh thankfully i, I was really into rock and roll as a kid and i had you know i was in shitty punk bands in high school and I, comedy's way more like that to me at least than like doing a play, you know. Yeah, it's way more like sort of in your face and just trying to throw shit at the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mark Maron always said that every every comedian wants to be a rock star and every rock star wants to be a comedian. So oh, I don't... <laughs> I've heard something similar to that. About, what is it? No, it's every uh, no every comedian wants to be an actor. Every actor wants to be a musician. Every musician wants to be a comic. <laughs> yeah, I get that one. Yeah. That's kind of true. Yeah. yeah. There's one. Uh, Dean Delray was a musician for 30 fucking years, and he started comedy at the comedy store 40-something years old. Mm. You know? John's got two dusty guitars in this very room. <laughs> yeah, those look, yeah those axes look pretty good, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to play at all. <laughs> he wants no. to be a rock star. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I've, I've told myself the one, so the one, uh, red shitty squire there I bought from my, uh, buddy who actually passed away. And, uh, I've been, Boring. Telling, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I've been telling myself that I was going to learn forever. I just never did. And the green one, my, uh, brother won at a St. Patty's Day party at an Irish bar that's no longer open. So. Is, it, is that a nicer guitar? I, yeah. I, I have no idea. Yeah. It's a yeah. wasper and it's, it's a little nicer than, the Squire is like the the Squires are like the shitty version of a Fender, basically. Right. Like it's like the it's like the starter guitar. Like you know, my like, starter guitar was a I had a Yamaha. Holy shit! Oh yeah, yeah that I, is a, I was like, don't they make keyboards? I know where you <laughs> like, have a starter. Did yeah. you get that out of Montgomery Montgomery Wards? <laughs> 
<laughs> Montgomery Ward's my throwback. I haven't heard that. Yeah, well, that's man. that's who used to sell those back in the day. <laughs> yeah, Montgomery bro. Ward. I don't know. My dad got it for me, so <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably, bro. Yeah, Brandon um, probably didn't even know that was a thing. No, I don't know what Montgomery Ward's is. I thought that was a prison. It's like, uh, have, you ever, have you ever been to a Big Lots? Yeah, it's yeah. It's kind of like a Big Lots. And like they sell they, music stuff? They sold everything. Oh. I mean, they sold every it, like they sold everything from like furniture, living room furniture to washer and dryers to right. clothes, clothes and guitars. What like, the hell? If you were a fat kid, they sold these jeans called Husky jeans, and that was... Husky fit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I used to yeah. rock Husky fits. <laughs> yeah. It's such a polite way to say that. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I mean, how else are you going to say it? Little, little fat kids? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, yeah. fat kid jeans? Yeah, like... fat, fat boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> Husky we... fit jeans. Yeah, well, how how fucking embarrassing was that? Just yeah. like walking through Montgomery Wards with like your mom and just having to like sit there while she like holds these like giant fucking <laughs> pants up to you, you know, and you yeah. just feel like, you know. And they were always like the shittiest looking jeans too. Like I was, I started, when I was in like sixth grade, I started making my mom buy me Jinkos. That was the, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you know, when I was when in the nineties, like if you, when you were in middle school and shit, like. Jinkos were like $50 a pair, and it was like, and that was a lot of money in the 90s for jeans for a kid. Yeah. And it was like, basically, whoever had the most Jinkos was like the coolest kid. You were the cool. king like of the was, castle. Yeah, yeah like, dude, the Jinko was, king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Everybody's listening to Corn and Lip Biscuit, you know? That was, that was uh, <laughs> middle school in the 90s. You listen to shitty music and wear shitty pants. I don't think Jinkos are making a comeback anytime soon. They were for a while, actually. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, were... I went to go see Corn live at Blossom, and I didn't see a single pair of Jinkos there. Dude, the, the fucking high school kids now are starting to bring back the 90s. Oh, God. Trends, like, yeah, totally. Yeah, because they're all obsessed with friends. So, like, my my niece, oh, is, yeah. my niece is uh, sixteen. She'll be seventeen this month, and her and her little sister, who's thirteen, are just like obsessed with friends, and they dress like the girls from Friends. Like it's oh really? Yeah, it's crazy. Like the Weird. big like the big sweaters and shit with the you know <laughs> like it's yeah, it's yeah. nuts, dude. I, they're really. And they're in the nineties music. Like they they love Green Day. Like that's their everybody <laughs> one of their Green favorite Day. bands. I mean I'm a I'm a kid. I was born in eighty eight, but I definitely had my formative years in the nineties. So I'm like I'm down. I'm like big sweaters, fucking high top Nikes. Yeah. Like, let's go, bro. Like, I, was, I love all that shit. I was eighty six, but my brothers are seven and nine years older than me, so I was big into like grunge rock music and yeah, yeah, yeah. early nineties hip hop. Like that's that's much shit. Yeah. I was uh, I was ninety five, but I smoked a lot of weed in high school, so I was big into Nirvana. It was a big one for me, and it yeah. just kind of led to every other grunge band. Yeah, I think Nirvana was the band that like we all knew. Nirvana and Sublime, I think, were the two bands that we all knew that the later generations were gonna stick and get into just because yeah. they're fucking great. They're geniuses. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's it's weird to me. Is way off topic, but it's weird to me that. Uh, like to think about like you know Pearl Jam as a band has like evolved so much to where they're like a completely different band than they were in the early '90s, and it just crazy to me to think about where would like Nirvana have gone or Sublime like it's yeah that's uh, yeah where yeah where would they, where <laughs> would they end up yeah cause, I mean Kurt Cobain had like punk rock roots so like that I think that they might have went more in that direction eventually because he would have gotten tired of making the 
radio hits and shit, yeah. you know? That would have been dope, actually. A more punk rock Nirvana. Yeah. I would have enjoyed that. Sublime was a punk rock band when they first started out. Like, yeah, then they kind of went a little more reggae. reggae. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder. Well, Dave Grohl. I mean, you can kind of see his evolution. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he's still he's still putting out some good stuff. Yeah. Oh, he's my brother. Like my brother was my brother because he was like in high school in the nineties when like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all that shit was up. He hates the Foo Fighters. Like he's oh man. And I'm yeah. like, dude, they're good, man, because he loves good music. Like we both yeah. have the same taste of music, but that's the one band where he's like. He's like, they fucking suck. I'm like, you just don't like them because you don't like the Dave Grohl started something new. Right. Like, that's all it is. Right. You like, want him to just be, like, depressed for the rest of his life and, like, yeah. never do anything. Like, come on, man. He's moving on. You should, too. Yeah. I take it your brother's not going to see the Foo Fighters horror movie thing that's out right now? Definitely not. I didn't even know that was a thing myself. Really? Yeah. No, when I, I saw it in theaters, know. I thought this was, like, an album that was coming out and they're just doing, like, a spoof to advertise it. But it's it's a legitimate movie with the Foo Fighters in it. What is it? I forget the name of it. I mean, what is it though? It's like a horror movie. It's a horror movie, and they like they go to this house to like record a new album, and the house is like haunted or something. Shut like the that. fuck up! Are I, you serious? You got to look it up. It's at Cinemark in Strongsville. <laughs> this is the dumbest plot for a movie I've ever heard. I might go see it. I don't care. <laughs> I feel like I don't watch movies at all anymore. Yeah, man. it all just seems so. Since the, since the pandemic, dude, when all the movie theaters closed, yeah. I stopped. I yeah. stopped because I used to go by myself. I loved watching a movie. In like an empty theater on Monday, right? <laughs> by right. myself, like it would be awesome. Yeah, that, that sounds fun. But yeah, I haven't been since the fucking theaters closed and shit. Last I saw, I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw Dune on like HBO or whatever. Yeah, that movie yeah. was fucking great. I highly recommend. Same. Yeah. I don't even know. I think the last movie I saw in theaters was probably the last Star Wars movie that came out. Ugh, that was hot garbage. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the last Jedi. My girlfriend really wanted to see Jackass Forever, so we went to go see that in theaters. That was mm. that was fun. That was mm-hmm. a good movie. Are they like? Are they? I heard they were kind of like passing the torch a little bit. Yeah. This, they, oh, they have okay. some new. They have some new. New blood, okay. which I felt terrible for. I'm like, that is the worst like gang jump in initiation I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But they did it. I mean, they did a lot of crazy shit to become part of the team. I guess. Did you hear Bam Margera suing them? Yeah. I, Why? What happened? Well, he he's uh, they blurred his face out at the end of the movie, I guess, uh, because he's suing him. But um, that's petty. They told him they told him that he had to get clean to be in the movie, and he failed a drug test. So they told him he couldn't be in the movie. What kind of drugs was he doing? Uh, all kinds of shit. Must have been all like, of them, man. Like, I've seen recent pictures of him, and it looks like he's probably doing meth, meth and shit like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, aren't they? I thought they were all like hopped up on shit. That's how you had to. That's how you would. Do those crazy um, things. I know Steve-O was real bad, but he's been sober for like a decade now, I think. I think um, most of them are um, clean now. When they first yeah. started, they were all on whatever Fuck they could get yeah, their hands dude, on. you have to be. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> do some of the shit they did. Yeah. <laughs> Staple on your but, balls and shit like that. Like, that, you can't be sober. Well, the God. shitty part is, you gotta think, like, if, if Steve-O calls up Bam Margera and says, hey, man, you, you need to chill out, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I think I would take that as a warning call. So how's the how's the weekend going at Funny Stop so far? It's been going great. That's what I was. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to circle back to. This is why I just like love doing stand up, and uh, you know how it was actually so sort of uh, what's the word? Not fortuitous. Uh, so rewarding. Good that I was here this weekend when the yeah. thing didn't work out because I, I I watched the the first part of the episode right before the first show. 
And I was like, oh, they cut me out. And I was pretty pissed. And I didn't have, I did fine, but I didn't have a great set. And then I was just kind of like, you know, wallowing. I had a beer and I was just like, yeah, fuck it, dude. I'm just going to go out and fucking, and I, and I had an amazing set last night. Like I bodied the room and I was just like, who the like? Go fuck yourself, Maisel. Like, yeah. I'm fucking, like, like, dude, you're not I'm a real comedian. Yeah, exactly. I'm at the fucking funny stop body. Yeah. I'm about to fucking buy some trucker meth at the Red Fox, and then I'm gonna fucking party my face off. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, eat your heart out, Maisel. Yeah. I don't see you with a comedy condo. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, come on, I'm living big. Dude, uh... <laughs> Steve Guy had a great had a great thing though. He's like, uh, yeah, if you ever, if any comedians watch this and you're ever at the funny stop, he's like, a great way in off the top is just mention something about the Red Fox. Yeah. Everybody just goes insane. I was Always. like, I'm about to. I was like, I want to. I'm gonna make this quick because I want to get to the Red Fox, and everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I was surprised two weeks ago. Uh, Fultron actually mentioned it, and I'm like, he hasn't been here in fucking years, probably. So I don't think the Red Fox has changed. In years. No. I think it's always been exactly what you think it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's my style of bar. I mean, I go to those kinds of bars in New York. I work at a dive bar in New York. I can't, I don't know if this is for you, the same for you, but like, I'm at the age where, like, if, if I'm going to drink, you know, I'm trying, I'm, I, I don't want to be the oldest person at the bar, you know, yeah. and I don't, I don't need a seat, but I need a place to like put my coat, you know, I'm not, or in a place to like rest my drink. I'm yeah, not, well, not going to yeah. like be in some fucking whatever. I'm too old for that. Yeah, I'm the same. That's why Zach was like, Zach was like, we could go to the valley. And I was like, he's not 21, dude. We're not, we're not <laughs> yeah. going to the valley. <laughs> like, the, the valley is like this bar. I used to work down there for mm. like two years. It's a, it's a bar district where like people, there's like five bars and they all have outside patios and shit. Um, but it's all people like 21 to 25. Like that's, Oh yeah. God. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like, I'm trying to drink, not jerk off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I have to like stand behind more than one person to be able to get a drink from the bar, I'm just not going to that bar. I just can't. Right. Yeah, dude. When I went to Brewmakers down in the Valley, we were, we were like four deep at the bar every, every Friday and Saturday night. Like, can't do just, it. It was, it was nuts. I get really aggravated when I'm at one bar where everything's nice and Zen and I can just hang out at the bar and get a drink. And then my friends are like, let's go to this place. And then we go there and it turns into one of those situations. Yeah. Like, why did we come here? Dude, what's, no what's nuts is when I went to New York for that Browns game, um, the bar we went to, the bar we went to was like that, like where you were waiting forever to get a drink, but it was, it was all Browns fans. Like they fucking, the, the worldwide Browns backers or whatever, like fucking rented out the fucking bar for the mm -hmm. night. Like it was. When were you in New York? It was crazy. Uh, it was right I think it was right after I started comedy. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I was about to be offended. October, I was like, "You didn't hit me up, bro." No, it was, it was probably October of 2019. So yeah, as before, I was like four or five months into comedy, probably at that point. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and it was uh, we went for the Monday night football game against the Jets. Oh, okay, but uh, I think it was called I think it was called Brother Jimmy's Barbecue. There's a every New York has a has a bar for every football team. Yeah, and actually the Niner Bar Finnerty is just closed. Pretty sad. So I'm thinking like, should I just like try to buy a bar and make it like a Bay Area bar, like Bay Area sports bar thing? Like that'd be my, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a market for it. There's so many uh, tech d bags who have like, yeah. you know, jumped coasts. So like, there's definitely like a market for it. Yeah, it's. I mean, you can find. I feel like you can find any. Thing that you're into in New York 
pretty much. Brown's backers, though, we have bars everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you go on vacation somewhere, and they're like, I've had many times where I was on a beach vacation somewhere, and there was a like a preseason Browns game on or something. Oh, yeah. And I'd look up like where, where we could go watch it. And there was a Browns backers bar in that town. Like, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. We, we have nothing like that here. There. We really don't have a whole lot of other bars or other, other teams backings. There's, there's quite a few bars that are, that are Steelers bars. Well, yeah, you, that's what about Bengals. No, no, they don't have a real fan base. <laughs> do they? They, they do now. They really it's it's like people in Cincinnati and that's in and the in the northern part of Kentucky and that's about it. Yeah. Like it's they don't have a real great fan base. Um I mean when back whenever the NFL used to do the thing where they blacked out games if you didn't sell enough tickets, Cincinnati used to have the blackout games all the time because uh, they couldn't sell enough tickets. Wow. Yeah, Cleveland pretty much has always sold well. Right. For tickets like it's yeah, we had like an 0 and 16 season. I was there for every game. Yeah, it was a lot of games. To every game when yeah. they lost every game. Season ticket holder. Yeah, I went to every game. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, this will make me stronger. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, I'm, I'll make people that I bring to the games, I'll like make people sit till the end. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, this makes it. Hell better. yeah, no, but yeah. I like that, dude. I like that. I lived in LA for seven years, man. They got the worst fans. They, you go to a Dodgers game, the seventh inning stretch, people are, are getting out of there trying to beat traffic. It's like, what are you guys doing? Come on, man. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's uh, it's <laughs> an old man thing, man. That's that's the one thing I would love about New York, though, is not having to drive. It would be. Oh great. yeah, it's great, especially when you. You know, like the bottle, like I do. Like it's really kind of nice not to have a car. You guys around those parts. Yeah. yeah, no, man. I mean, but also it's like, I mean, rent's expensive for sure. But then when you consider like, you know, a car payment, uh, if you if you have to have a car payment, and then insurance, gas. I mean, you're tacking on at least a couple extra hundred bucks to whatever rent you're paying out here. Yeah. And then you go to New York, and it's like that's something's gone. But I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's expensive, but it's not. I don't think it's as hard to survive as people think it is. Yeah, I don't yeah. think a lot of people factor that in either. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. You just you live in a shithole, and that's what it is. Yeah, and, you know. and you're making more money, too. I mean, the pay is higher there. For right, sure. yeah, that's why I think the exchange of money is super big. Like, I yeah. used to work at this, like, really douchey, nice restaurant, and it was just, like, every night, 300 bucks, regardless of the night. And then if it was, like, a weekend, maybe 400 You know Damn. what I mean? Yeah, and that's it's just, crazy. Yeah, so, you know, you're I'm making... You know, I'm not even, I'm working like four nights a week making over $60,000 and it's like fucking dope. But that, that, that job made me want to kill myself. So I couldn't do it. I couldn't couldn't do it anymore, but you know. Yeah. I sometimes miss like serving and bartending. And then I think of like, I wouldn't want to do it again though. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, Dave Morales' show in in, uh, Lorraine last night was fire. Yeah. It was great. How many people were there? Ah, fuck. I don't know. Probably probably 40 i want to say but nice. it was like it was like a room where it was like all packed and tight you know that's what so, you need man yeah it was fun um yeah. they were just they were just crazy like i was getting like i was getting like laughs on setups like to where i was like what the fuck yeah. you know like yes. <laughs> like it <laughs> got to the point i think i did I think I did, I was doing, I did a 10 minute set and I think I did probably six and a half, seven minutes of material. Yeah. Hell yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Man. Yeah. I but, went from uh, doing that, uh, crazy couple shows in Madison. I mean, sold out shows back to back and then I did good company that Monday and there was like 
three people there that weren't comics. Yeah, that yeah, sucks. that was pretty rough. Is that a good? Is that a good room though? The one out in Madison? Like, is it? Oh man, it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, jo- any room Josh Bragg runs, and yeah, it always turns out to be great. So it's. But is the like? Is it like good for sound and shit? Like, yeah. Okay. Really good, and I mean, there's nothing else that goes on there, so right. half the town was at this bar. Yeah. Some yeah, people bought tickets. Dude, the worst. Place. The worst I'd ever done like as far as like the sound in a room was the fucking the one mic for the rubber city comedy festival with that brewery oh god Dude, it was so bad i didn't even scenes. i didn't even i yeah. mean i went up just because i'm uh that desperate but like <laughs> but like my buddy pierce is like no nah, i'm good i'm not doing this yeah i hosted yeah. that one it fucking sucked, yeah, yeah it was like so it was so bad that like people were talking loud as fuck and you couldn't hear them like, like people would be like having loud conversations at their table and you couldn't hear them from, from the stage yeah, at all. Like it was so, the sound just did not travel at all. In no, that room. It was, yeah, it was too big. And people <laughs> yeah. were like not there for comedy. We were just like having lunch. So it's yeah, like, yeah. so it's like, you know, ambush comedy is never a, a good thing. Yeah. You know? I did a room like that in uh, Erie, PA. It was this place called the Voodoo Brewery. And everything was set up in like long table style, like they giant ass tables in this mm. big ass room. And like the, apparently the audience could hear you. I mean, they seemed yeah. to like the comedy, but you couldn't hear them laughing. So the entire time it just felt like you were eating a dick. Yeah. Dude, that's like our outdoor shows. We did a grind stuff, man. Those, those were fun, but like you couldn't yeah. hear the laughs. You just kind of had to look at them. <laughs> you just kind of had to yeah. look at their faces to see if they were laughing. Right. You did, you did some outdoor shows. Right, yeah, that? that's how I got. Uh, if anybody ever listens to this, uh, comes to New York, I run a, a bi-weekly sh- uh, show every other Tuesday at The Stand. Uh, and how that happened was uh, there was like an old amphitheater um, in East River Park. It's since been demolished, but um, I was like just walking around one day and I was like, I should do a show here. So I bought like a couple of battery-powered lights, a battery-powered amp, a mic. Uh, and I was just like, I was lugging this shit with my with my girlfriend down the side of the FDR, you know, <laughs> once a week to like do, do a show for homeless people. But, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's bro. Cool. It was cool, man. We got, I mean, it, it was a big success and we kept doing it every week. And then when stuff started opening up, we went to bars. And then when the stand was opening up, they were like, they're looking for producers for shows. And so we hit them up and we're like, we've been doing this in the amphitheater and, you know, we've been doing it in bars. Our numbers for ticket sales are pretty good. And then, you know, then we've been there ever since. So that's awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. Definitely cool. Cool way to take advantage of a shitty situation for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the outdoor shows did, did suck for the comics though. I think like, Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you had, you know, people walking by like being like, you suck or whatever heckling you. I mean, yeah. We did them in the cold too. Like we had, we had people with blankets and shit. (laughs) Which was that they could have just left. You know, I'm glad they brought the blankets and hung out and watched at least. But yeah, I was getting kind of cold. Yeah, yeah. The half capacity shit, man. That that wasn't fun either. I mean, it was hard to get together a show in the first place, and then now you have to deal with half the population no matter what you do. Right, right, right. right. I went to uh, I went to a show at the Cleveland Improv when it was half capacity, and they took it fucking serious. Like it was like real spread out. And I went to go see our buddy Anthony Mayo opened up for Tony Woods, and uh, and it was a terrible room. Because it was so fucking spread out, like it was just a terrible room, mm-hmm. and that and that Cleveland Improv is usually fucking awesome, but 
Yeah, it was it was awful. Um, but yeah, that's the that's uh, that's the thing with uh, Cleveland that uh, is just you can't get work at the two major clubs in Cleveland. Like it, it takes forever. Yeah. <laughs> to get in there, like it's, uh, and you have to be there all the time. Yeah. You're trying to get in and know the right people and stuff. It's weird. Yeah, it's just it's hard to get into because they don't have any they don't have any open mics or anything. Yeah, so there's no way you can like audition for anybody. Yeah, or anything, you know, it's I mean it's hard to get in the clubs in New York too, man. There's yeah. a lot of them. I yeah, don't, I mean I'm I don't even know. You know, I guess I'm not I don't, I'm not really pass at the stand except for my shows i mean i'm on their website as one of their comics but like yeah you know and i'm past at the pair which is a, a little starter club in greenwich village which is fun i love that place too but like yeah yeah you know getting into the other ones are like fucking hard you know? yeah yeah man I, I mean i think it's like that everywhere if it's a if it's a if it's a club that doesn't have an open mic, you're pretty much waiting for somebody to vouch for you. Right. You know, like that's, exactly. that's it. Because if not, you're just like every other comic in America sending in your fucking video right. trying to get them to book you. I know. Well, I know at the seller, like you need two people to vouch for you who are there. Yeah. And then you also need like a TV credit or, or a writing credit or something. Yeah. yeah. They used to have a, they used to have an open mic there. At, like, the, at the seller? Yeah, because uh, Aziz's newest special that came out. Yeah. He did it at the cellar, and uh, they showed him his like first time, I think, or one of his first. Yeah, I saw that special. Comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, and he, they called him. They like flashed the light at him, and he's like, "All right, they want me to go." And the crowd started booing him because booing because he was doing so well. They didn't want him to leave. Yeah. And he's like, "All right, well, if you guys like me so much, come back next week. Tell me you're here to see Aziz. I'm running out of friends." Yeah. <laughs> so like, they had like a bringer mic yeah. at the cellar. Like that's fucking nuts. No oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. crazy I've been on that stage before it feels fucking epic oh I, yeah uh, that's my dream man that's yeah <laughs> I mean I, I don't care about the comedy store it's the seller for me oh yeah I, I think I don't know why the seller gets or the store kind of has more prestige at this point uh, I mean I get that a lot of people who went on to do like movies and stuff were at the store but like I don't know I just um, think I just think New York is like the mecca for stand up more is. more than LA. Yeah, you know for sure. I'll cut it out, but I've said that with ten thousand followers like the next week after she did this podcast. Like, wow. That's fucking crazy. God, damn. Yeah, <laughs> I wish <laughs> ours was like that. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Is it not? Is that <laughs> uh, why am I here? No. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to get followers well, uh, from you. Is what <laughs> I got none. That's uh, that's the one. I mean, that's the one sort of biggest sort of roadblock for me right now is that I don't like to do. Uh, the internet metaverse bullshit. Like, I just yeah. I think it's podcasting's cool. I would I'm I'm down to like try to do that. But like, I just remember I was hanging out at a show with a buddy of mine, uh, and we're like in the green room, and there's like this massage chair, and he's like almost having an orgasm, and, and, I, and I'm trying to to like go, and we're having just we're we're just bantering, we're having a good time, we're laughing. It's like a great moment of just like hanging out at a show, and then another comic comes in and just like has his phone out and starts like filming him for like the Instagram, and I'm like, why does this have to be for everybody? You know, like I don't yeah. like I don't I don't know why do you why do you have to break up the moment with a fucking screen and I don't know. Dude, that's a, such a necessary evil. That's I'm, the shitty part. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about one of my favorite musicians is Jack White and he uh at his one tour i went to it was like 2018 i think he had a he had a he was one of the first musicians to do no no cell phone policy and they mm -hmm. had the the bags that you put them in or whatever and uh he explained it on on letterman i think at the time um that he 
He was like, I just had, I was at this concert, and he was like, it was an Iggy Pop concert, and there's just this amazing moment that happened, and I look up, and like, all I see is screens in front of me, mm. and he's like, it's like, you're not really taking in the show, you're, right. you know, like, right. that's, you're not in the moment at that point, so he, he basically, what he did was he had professional photographers and video, um, videographers do like video and pictures for everybody and he uh put a code on the ticket and if you bought a ticket to the show you got all the picture professional pictures and video of the show that you wanted yeah that that, that makes more sense yeah. it's such a cooler yeah. idea yeah yeah because it makes it to where everybody's more in tune with the show like i think it's great uh i've been to see a couple comics that have done that i know Chappelle does it i've never seen him but i saw him once yeah it was i saw him at the stand actually it was like a t- tiny, tiny crowd, like 100 people, 50 to 100 people. It was like, that's crazy. It was dope. I was like, he was like literally like right there. Uh, and I, <laughs> I, at one point, uh, at one point, he, he was like, you know, smoking cigarettes the whole time. Yeah, of course. Uh, and at one point, he was like, uh, does anybody have a lighter? And uh, I was like, I do. And it was like, he went like this and it was Corona. So I didn't know if I should go up to him. So I like, I threw it. It was it was low, but it did hit. It was catchable. It was a catchable pass, but he it, it was too low, and he dropped it, and everyone was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> oh, he and he was the like, show. Yeah, and he was like, "Will you guys grow up?" And then he talked to me, and he was like, "Well, where are you from?" I was like, "San Francisco." And he's like, "I love San Francisco. I just saved your club," which which he did. He, <laughs> he saved the punchline. Uh, oh, cool. And then yeah, he he made it like a, a historic monument, so now Google can't buy it, buy like the property or whatever, which they were trying to do. But uh, he was like, you're from San Francisco? You sucking dicks at six? <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, dude. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, let's uh, bring it back around to the Rubber City Comedy Festival. When you when you got into the Rubber City Comedy Festival, what was your thoughts? Like, what did you think about going to Akron oh, uh, <laughs> for a comedy festival? I was like, I was down because I've been in, you know, I've, I've, I've mostly just done stand-up in New York and I've done a little bit in, in uh, California, like Fresno and San Francisco, but um, but mostly just New York and the surrounding area. So, like, I was excited to, to get out and, like, do something. Like, the only yeah. thing the only thing that I was kind of like, oh, this sucks is it was all five-minute sets. And, yeah. like, and, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm... I'm comfortable doing more time than that. Yeah. Five minutes is just kind of annoying at this point. That's, yeah, yeah I'm at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I hate doing it. Yeah, because it's like, you know, you can't really, uh, you just can't really get into anything. And if anything happens, you can't address it. You kind of just got to like hit play on your set. You know what I mean? Just like do it. And that, that's it. I don't yeah. know. That's um, what I hope. Like I, I uh, like the only reason I, I like doing five minute sets now is if I'm trying to get a tape. Like that's right that's it. right which i definitely need a new tape for yeah so but yeah man um it was it was one that was my first like comedy festival to hang out at or whatever like yeah. it was like it was it was a lot of fun i mean i don't know i think you guys seem to have fun you and Pierce, a, like, oh yeah was... we had a great time man. <laughs> everyone was so nice everyone was so supportive and like you know a lot of these a lot of these festivals are uh, uh i don't know if i want to say money grabs because i don't know if they make money but like they just, they're just kind of just like self-contained things, but the Rubber City Colony Festival, which is, I'll recommend this to anybody, is, uh, it, it's led to like legit 
work. Like I'm featuring right. at the club this weekend, yeah. which is like dope as fuck. Yeah. Um, and everyone was so nice. And you know, you got the red Fox, like there's just, <laughs> real big on this red Fox. <laughs> place, <man. laughs> I'm saying, man, the club's yeah. cool. You know? Yeah. That's what I look for whenever I'm deciding what festivals I want to submit to is like, if it's not at a club, if it's not at a club and they don't have, and they're not known for having like a lot of industry people there, yeah. then what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, it's right. like I'm trying to like expose myself to Gary, Indiana or something, you know, like what the, right. like, right. what's the fucking point? Yeah. What are the, what are the good ones to do? Um, the one in Bloomington, Indiana is actually really good. I, I put in for that. Um, uh, when's that do? Um, I, I think they're still taking submissions. Um, I have to get on that one. I heard Altercation Festival was pretty good. Oh, in Austin. In Austin, um, but I didn't see any like. I also look for. I also look for what who headlines them. Right. You know, like that's and I didn't see any headliners that I knew. Right. At that one. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, early submissions close, late submissions. Close. Big Sky is big. Yeah. That's in Montana. Montana. Yeah, Yeah, that's one that I want to go to. Montana. Um, I would not have expected a comedy festival. Right. I've just always always wanted to go to Montana. Late submissions. Late submissions close March 13th. For what? For uh, Limestone Comedy Festival that's in Bloomington. Oh, okay. Um, They have some decent headliners, and they uh, said they've they've had, like, major networks come to the festival. They usually have a representative from just for laughs at their festival so okay yeah so that's why i was like i'll do it fuck it yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It's, but but yeah if i don't know any of the headliners and it's not at a club and it doesn't like talk about the industry that's going to be there then i don't see the point in doing it right like it's i don't know i mean it's always networking i guess but but uh you want to if you're spending like you spend a lot of money to go to a festival you right, know i mean right, so right, right. So, like, you want to make it worth your money and have it actually do something for you. Right, or at least have the, the chance that it does it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so we'll get in. Let's get into some news. Um, I have a lot of shit, crazy shit going on in the world. Oh, my God. This is, the, this is the one time. I'm finally back into the news because for a while it was just like, uh, COVID and, oh, oh, this is what uh, Trump's doing. And I'm like, you guys <laughs> are just, like, trying to make a buck. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm over all of this. What yeah. else is going on? Yeah. What's real? But now it's like, fuck. This yeah, is it's like, real shit now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is from the Today Show. This is uh, about Ukraine, obviously. This morning, the battle for Kyiv. A Russian missile strikes an apartment building near the airport. Service workers evacuated survivors. The third day of Putin's war. Many are injured or dead in the capital. We understand that uh, Mr. Putin is a crazy man. He wants to make hell in Kyiv, in, U- in Ukraine. Uh, we need uh, uh, a help from the West Wall. Overnight explosions near the city's zoo, according to a local journalist. Fire still burning this morning. And a man rescued after a military vehicle was filmed rolling over a car. Witnesses say it was a Russian tank. NBC News has Holy not shit, independently confirmed that. 
Ukrainian leader Volodymyr Zelensky defiant, showing he's still in the capital, refusing to leave the country. We won't lay down arms, we will defend our country, he says, in a selfie video recorded outside his office. While in New York on Friday, Russia vetoed a United Nations Security Council resolution that condemned the country's invasion of Ukraine, drawing a scathing response from the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. You can veto this resolution, but you cannot veto our voices. You cannot veto the truth, and you will not veto accountability. Back in Kyiv, as civilians take up arms, prepared to defend their country, some families are leaving, many by car and others by train. Thousands trying to get out. Officers fired warning shots to disperse the crowd. For others, the city's metro has become a shelter, terrified residents hoping for safety. City official tells me they believe there are armed groups of Russians moving about the city. It's a situation that seems to be deteriorating quickly. Peter and Kristen. Eric, Dude, the, this is. Thanks for having me on your comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this I wanted to get the rough shit out of the way first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is it's crazy because Putin is still trying to say that he's that it's not really an attack. That it's that it's like exercises, right? Or whatever, and it's like, yeah, you're you're, like that's it's an attack, obviously. And then he's trying to say that they're trying to denazify the government. It's like right. the 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 fucking president of Ukraine is Jewish. Like, what are you talking about, yeah. man? Like, it's, yeah. it's it's insane. he's a fucking badass too. Dude's yeah. mean. Yeah. He's a mean dude. Yeah, yeah, he's saying he's staying. Right. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. They're, they're yeah, about like a hundred and something thousand. Uh, assault rifles to citizens. Yep. Like I, I think Putin's bitten off more than he can chew in this because there's 44 million people in Ukraine and they're like willing to fight to not be a part of Russia. Like yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you just bombed their zoo. That was one of the opening parts of that uh, that news story. How would you bomb a zoo? What yeah. is the point of that? Were I, you worried they were gonna the animals were gonna get out? And I don't know. Granted, I don't know anything about anything, but I has he's been trying to do this Ukraine thing for a while, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And is it is it why is it because. Uh, resources or is it because they have access to that little sea body of water they have a lot of oil um but it's also because putin is former kgb and his life goal has been to get the soviet union back together right but why why is he starting with ukraine why not uh poland or wherever else or not poland but where the other i think because they're the biggest out Mm -hmm. of out of all the rest of the slavic countries right they're they're the biggest i think it was a big resource thing for him too but yeah. I don't know how much that's going to profit in the long run. Well, dude, he's, he's making his country poor as fuck. Yeah. All the sanctions that are that are going down on him. That's right. kind of my point. Um, that's why, I mean, that's probably part of the reason why the Russian people are out in the streets protesting. Uh, even if it's not because they, like, care about Ukraine, but they care about their their own economy. Yeah. You know, like, right. why are we doing this? This is fucking stupid. I read uh, that, uh, Isn't Rush. it? Oh, sorry. What are you saying? No, you go first, man. You're the guest. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Thank you. Uh, I don't know. But, like, isn't Russia going to be fine? Like, don't they sit on the most natural resources in the entire world? Like, do they need the rest of us to give them microchips? Like, don't they have microchips? Well, uh, it, that's the big part of it, actually, is is the the technology blocks that, that are being put in. Because, oh, okay. Um, yeah, they do have a lot of natural resources, uh, 
but they get their they get their tech from the rest of the world basically and yeah. um i mean they they have a lot of like huawei phones and shit because china's uh an ally right uh, china won't condemn <laughs> what they're doing which is scary yeah it's sketchy they're the only they're like the only country in the world that the only the only like industrialized country that hasn't condemned it like it's i think germany's still on the cusp of that too but they really rely no, they, on russia's oil don't they they shut down the pipeline did they in russia and germany oh, yeah man. they shut down the pipeline which yeah. is huge yeah germany germany is pretty pretty woke these yeah, days yeah. yeah i wonder well, why that's, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the other thing is that is that they know that like if it, they can't sell their oil now except to china basically so right. like that's Yep. So like they're not they're not going to be making any money at all. Like their economy is going to be just devastated by this. I've read that Russia has a smaller GDP than Texas does too. Yeah. So I think that's probably. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I, thought, I thought Russia had a bunch of money. I you would think, I, but it's just it's just yeah. like it's just wrapped up in like oligarchs. Yep. Yeah. It's all oligarchs and Putin. Like that's, that's right. It. Like Yikes, man. Like Putin. Putin got exposed with his like secret mansion by the sea or whatever and then he just like put the guy in forever prison that that exposed him you know like i mean it's right (laughs) it's fucked up dude i don't know it's 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 messed what's really messed up is now (laughs) there's like trump supporters and conspiracy theorists that are like team russia like it's you know they're like yikes man they're like the real reason why he's invading is because all joe biden's dirty money is in ukraine and i'm like jesus we gotta go get that dirty like what what are we gonna do with this country (laughs) that is i was actually i was in uh russia for like a few hours one time because i went to uh nice one time i went to the the Cannes film festival yeah and uh I got like the cheapest flight, the Aeroflot, which is like the Russian airline. And I didn't even realize it was so stupid, but we had to fly from New York to Moscow. And then I had like a layover in Moscow for a few hours before flying to Nice. And they wouldn't, I was like, they wouldn't let me leave the airport. Cause they're like, oh, yeah. Cause, cause they're like, you need a visa to, to actually leave the airport. So you just like stay in here. And I was like, well, I've been on a plane for 10 hours. Like I need a cigarette. And they're like, you can't smoke in the airport. And I was like, this is Russia. I thought babies <laughs> smoke right. in the hospital, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like what? Um, and so then the guy, the security guard was like, you can just smoke in the stall. Everybody does it. And if you get caught, it's like an eight buck ticket. And okay. so, and so I like, I lit up a cigarette in Russia, in the Russian airport. And I was like, and that's when I was like discussing with myself. I'm like, what am I doing? What have I become? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like this is Russia. Who knows what this guy said is true. Like, I didn't trust anything. No. You know? Yeah, for sure. You're going to get thrown in forever prison too. For right. That. Right. Yeah. But that lady survived the tank rolling over the car. Yeah, dude. So this, you got to look up this video. You guys, all of our listeners look up this video. It is fucking crazy. This tank just straight goes up over this car and just destroys the car. And then I was like, oh, that person's dead, obviously. Right. And then a minute later, it shows in the video, it's like this old lady. She kind of looks like Queen Elizabeth, like in the fucking car like this. And and they're pulling her out of the car. And it's just, it's fucking nuts. Is she all right? Yeah, she looks fine. What the hell? She like looks fine. Her car was like destroyed, like just looked like paper. And, and, And somehow she was fine. 
Like, it's so weird. Holy shit, I bet dude. that tank driver didn't even have insurance. That's insane. <laughs> dude, it's it's nuts, though. If you think about all the people <laughs> that are there with fucking assault rifles now just in the fucking city. Oh right. My God. Some like, lady, I was listening to an interview, she was, she was saying... Call that, of Duty shit. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, this lady was saying she's got, like, her nine-month-old child's toys next to her toddler's toys next to an AK-47 by the window. Yeah. yeah. she's willing to defend these children with their life. It's nuts, man. Man, that's scary. I couldn't imagine living in that shit. I feel really bad for the people of Ukraine. Right yeah. Now. It's fucking terrible. It's the first time since World War II there's been that kind of warfare in Europe. I yeah, mean, man. Like, what the fuck? They don't even have a zoo anymore. Nuts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, what, what happened? The the, the, the the cops in Cincinnati, they shot the gorilla. Yeah, and, uh, what, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, we don't see any kind of outrage over this zoo. No one's yeah. talking about yeah. this. Yeah. It blew up a whole zoo. Who decided that this, this was the target? Blew up like five Harambe's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll move on, though. Um, this is a crazy story that happened this week. This is from, uh, this is out of Utah. Um, there was an odd police shooting. This was on NBC News. When the crime scene tape goes up, it's almost always tied to something awful. I've never seen anything like this in my 28 years in law enforcement. Police say it all began with the car in the drive-thru. So the driver of that vehicle was upset because the uh, order wasn't what he ordered. The workers tried to make it right. At that time, we believe he brandished a firearm. It was officers who were called to the parking lot to try to resolve the matter. Knowing that he might be armed, they pulled him out of the vehicle as quickly as they could. That's where the situation went sideways. One of the officers noticed a firearm coming out the vehicle, and he was able to deflect it, but uh, the firearm did go off and went into the awning here at the McDonald's. And the shooter. The person that pulled that trigger was four years old. The sheriff just can't believe it. Just think the gravity of that. A four-year-old was told, we believe, by the father to pull the trigger and shoot a police officer. The officer who deflected the shot suffered only a minor injury in the scuffle. He's a hero in my mind. He saved a life today. It'll be many more days, a tall order to get over what happened here. That's just unbelievable to me. Dude, that was, so it's a good closing. You got to give him that, a tall order to get over. <laughs> that was yeah. good. Yeah. That, that four-year-old's a fucking gangster, dude. That's all. <laughs> oh <my laughs> that, like, I mean, nobody... <laughs> Nobody died, so I feel like I can joke about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. Yeah. We just joked about the Ukrainian conflict. Yeah. No, we didn't joke about it. I think no. we're pretty respectful. Yeah. But I want to know, like, what did he, what did they fuck up on the order? Like, How what, bad was it? Yeah. yeah. What, they gave you pickles or something? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> dude, just imagine, like, a four-year-old fucking managing a gun trying to shoot a police officer. Where did the four-year-old get the gun? I want to know all this. I'm assuming there were lots of guns. There must have been. It's Utah. (laughs) In the car. I don't think you're... Dude, if you're a black person living in Utah, which it was a black it was a black person, like, if you're a black person living in Utah, you should probably have guns. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't think they're the most acceptable of other people right. in, in Utah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. Mormons and, it's Mormons and fucking rednecks. That's, that's Utah. So you, you guys, Utah's beautiful, though. I've driven yeah. through it. It's, like, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> 
So is Texas. It doesn't make any matter. <laughs> I don't know, man. I drove through. I drove through Texas as well, and it's there's a lot of wasteland in Texas, though. Don't don't yeah. don't get it twisted. Yeah, I guess I lived in. I lived like uh, I grew up an hour north of Dallas, and okay. like it's it's just farmland from in between my town and Dallas. It's just all farmland, but it's pretty cool because you can see like forever. Like you know, like I mean, yeah. it's, it's nuts and. Uh, there's nothing that beats there's nothing that beats fucking Texas summer nights like it's they're, they're the best yeah I mean there's no humidity and it drops down to like 75 at night usually like it's and so super nice right yeah. yeah haven't heard of a four-year-old shooting a cop in Texas I'm sure that's happened yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that's happened Jesus dude Texas has I'm pretty sure Texas has more guns than any other state yeah like by far I would assume my buddy's dad <laughs> when I walked in I walked in this house and my buddy's dad's like you, you want to see my guns and I was like alright sure yeah. and I walked in this room and he has this like closet sized safe and he opens it up and there's just like fucking <laughs> all these fucking ARs and fucking it's an armory. pistols knives fucking just crazy and he's like revolution happens I'm ready I'm like <laughs> alright dude yeah, yeah. Good. Like, yeah. you're still one person. Like, I don't Right, you have two hands. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what are you trying to do? So, my old roommate, my old roommate had a fucking AR, and he was like, he's like, you want to hold it, man? And I'm like, no, I don't, really. And, it's not like uh, a baby. Yeah, and uh, he was like, I was like, why do you have that, dude? And he was like, because, he was like, because if, the, you know, the government comes for me at some time, like, I defend myself, and I'm like. You think you're going to defend yourself with one assault rifle against the U.S. government? Like, yeah. what, are you, what right. are you talking about? Right. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. I never liked guns, but I did have a couple times where I was really high and paranoid, and I was, ended up, whenever he was out of town, I ended up sitting on his bed with his handgun in my hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> because I thought somebody was breaking in the house or some what shit. What like, the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. For everybody else, it's probably even more scary. Yeah. Well... It, that was I, I didn't like living out. I'm a city guy. I don't like living. I lived out in the middle of nowhere yeah. uh, in Brimfield, and I did not. It was too quiet. Right. You know, like it's just. It's pretty quiet out here. I mean, do you get kind of it? Like, do you get the city edge living out here? Or? It is, but it's this is Cogger Falls is more city living, I think, than than most because everything's everything's like so close together. Like, right. like I don't know. Um, I love that about the the city. Yeah, everything. I mean, there's there's like stuff going on. There's a good amount of bars and restaurants and things like that. Yeah, Front Street's pretty sick. Yeah, and you're like six minutes away from a lot of action. You can come back here and kind of mellow out a little bit. You know, as much as you want. Yeah, we got uh, one more story. This is our stupid story of the day. I don't know if you guys heard about the Finnish skier in the Olympics. That's the guy um, with the never mind. This no. is from this is from. I don't uh, watch. I don't give a fuck about the Olympics. Yeah, no, Hot you take. might after this story. Hot right? take. This is from uh, People. The 2022 Winter Olympics came to a close in Beijing on Sunday, but there's one story from the last days of the competition that's sticking with us. According to multiple reports, a skier from Finland said he suffered unbearable pain after his penis froze during a race on Saturday. <laughs> per the BBC, 24-year-old Remy Lindholm spoke to the media after the men's 50-kilometer Mastar cross-country skiing race, saying, quote, you can guess which body part was a little bit frozen when I finished. The race 
reportedly lasted nearly one hour and 16 minutes, with skiers braving 1.4 degrees Fahrenheit and 40 mile per hour winds, making it feel like negative 26 degrees. Sky News reported that the course had been reduced from 50 to 30 kilometers over concerns about the harsh weather. It was Lindholm's final event at his first Olympics, and the skier went on to call it one of the worst competitions he's been in. Lindholm finished in 28th place. After the race, he used a heat pack to help thaw out the affected area. And this isn't his first time suffering from a frozen penis. Reuters reports he faced a similar situation during a race in Finland last year. Dude, all right. If you're if you're finishing if you're finishing in 28th place, you're not that good. All right. Well, it's my, it was my frozen dick. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's why I lost. So I think if I was not that good, and I and I had a frozen penis. I would quit. I think after the first person right. penis. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, he, it happened to him twice? Like, how do you let that happen to you twice? <laughs> how does this not happen yeah. to anybody else? What is this guy yeah. doing differently? Dude, just fucking get Maybe he just kid. has, like, a hog, so it, like, sticks out from his body further than everybody else's. Right. It's one of those people that it's like, it really is a curse. You don't know. <laughs> just get, you should get those hand warmers and yeah. just, like, stick them in a stock and put it on your big hog. <laughs> Especially after it freezes once. I would think you would be like, I'm never letting this happen again. This yeah. is never going to be the case. 20 28th place, dude. Dude, it was what's great is I did a joke about it at uh at the Lorraine Palace, Lorraine Palace Theater, Theater, yeah. And I didn't even have to get the joke out, just saying the the fucking headline <laughs> got a huge fucking laugh. I'm like I'm like, all right, this is sweet. Well, as big of a got, laugh as you can get from eight people in a four hundred seat theater. But oh it was, god. I, I have fun with them. I have questions though. Like I hear frozen penis, I think like frostbite they had to cut it off. Like when you say frozen it's like it wasn't frozen. You it just got cold. It was clearly not yeah. frozen all the way through. There's so, no way. They said they said he used something to warm it up. And uh <laughs> <Pussy>? someone <laughs> <laughs> But uh he said that he said I read in another article, he said that uh when when the circulation came back when it started warming up, it was the most painful experience of his entire life. And I was like, but I thought this happened to you before. Yeah, it was like right. second most painful. Yeah, wasn't the so first one. If you had that, what would make you ever do that? Or or like put some extra shit down there or something. Right, like, prepare. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, I, don't, I don't get it, man. No thanks. I don't Jesus, even, you don't even get paid that much to be an Olympic skier. No, especially not in 28th place. You're probably <laughs> not getting anything. Yeah, there ain't no Wheaties uh, endorsement for, no. you know, last place frozen dick guy. I mean, <laughs> he might get some kind of Viagra endorsement after that. I would hope something involving your frozen penis. <laughs> that is uh, the crazy. It, it was just so funny to hear the, the newscasters say it. Yeah. <laughs> a frozen penis. I just can't imagine going to a doctor and then the doctor saying, oh, it looks like your penis is frozen. He's like, damn it again. <laughs> oh, oh no, man. that's so funny. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, we'll get it we'll get into Eli's comedian uh here. Um one we haven't had on before, but I'm sure people have heard of uh Mike Vecchione. Uh what is it about him that you like uh I just think his joke writing is so good. Yeah. Uh and he's pretty clean too, which is like impressive and um and yeah, I just love his, his sort of deadpan delivery. I just love, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, yeah, I was always, I was always pumped whenever he would pop up on. That. I used to watch that show this week at the Comedy Cellar all the time. Oh, okay, yeah, he'd pop up on there every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done my show a couple times too, and uh, he was just, 
he was so he was just even at the amphitheater show you know he came in and he's like uh he just gets up on stage and he's like uh, i'm from the parks department you're all under arrest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's so great. good yeah, yeah. <laughs> well uh listen to this clip and then talk about him a little bit this is uh this is from his album the worst kind of thoughtful and uh it's the title track i'm single and uh, i have a series of related people like mike why are you single you're um obviously very smart and good looking and, uh, thank you that wasn't one of the jokes that I was telling that wasn't one of the jokes I just had relationships that did not work and I'll tell you what ladies you're not the only one if you get dumped it feels down I get dumped I'm very emotional I go right into the gutter you know and I don't have money for therapy the last one who dumped me this is what I did to feel better about myself I have a GPS in my phone GPS in my car I'd send them both to the female voice I put in different destinations that I would just drive it felt like two women were fighting over me empowering very empowering The last one I dated, I broke up with her because it was too much fighting. You ever have that? Where you love somebody, but it's too much fighting. And I told her, I'm like, sweetie, I'm already fighting the world. I cannot fight the world and then come home and fight you. I have no time to rest. It's like being in a boxing match. You're punching your opponent, your opponent's punching you, but then the bell rings and you go back to your corner, but then your trainer starts punching you. Because he thought you were looking at a ring girl for too long. She suffered from seasonal depression. You know who doesn't want to hear about seasonal depression? People who were alive during the Great Depression. Because I told my grandfather, I'm like, Grandpa, you're going to meet my girlfriend. You guys have so much in common. He almost died because she didn't have any bread. And she gets really sad when it's cloudy out. You guys are like twins. We got into huge fights because at the time I did not believe seasonal depression was real. And she was like, you don't think it's real? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't think any disease is real that you can cure by moving to Florida. I'm like, if it is a real disease, what are the symptoms? She's like, anger, irritability, not being able to get along with others. I'm like, wow, that sounds a lot like being a bitch. That sounds eerily similar to being a bitch. She did compliment me though. She's like, Mike, you're very smart. I'm like, let me correct you. I'm thoughtful. <laughs> but not thoughtful in the sense that if you mention you like a piece of jewelry, I'll buy it and surprise you on your birthday. I'm thoughtful in the sense that if you tell me you have seasonal depression, I can write a lot of jokes about it. I'm the worst kind of thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking great. Yeah, um, very accurate. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, he's he's really fucking good. Um, I don't know. I I haven't watched any of his like full length albums or anything so like maybe i need to get more into that but i've seen a lot of clips of them i've always loved them yeah i mean i would say that album like you're just like driving in the car and you get spotify definitely yeah. throw that on because it is a clinic and joke writing man it is just i mean the the punches are just they hit so hard and they just keep coming and um you know it's really funny it's like it's that good his first album was was really good too but it was more sort of like just like straight jokes and the stuff that he is talking about his life in a way, you know? Yeah. So it's like, that's kind of the sweet spot that you want to be in. 
Yes, for sure. Yeah, super funny, but super personal. Like, that's, to me, that's the, like, that's like the, the typical, what I think of when I think of New York style comedy. Right. right. Too. It's like, it's like they're, they're one liners that connect together in a story. Right. Basically. It's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like, that's why I think, uh, I'm, I mean, my favorites right now are, are Sam Morrell, Mark Norman. Right. They're, I, I love their podcast. Just listening to those guys, like, in their process on joke writing and shit. Like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, Like, um, but yeah, it's, it's, they're very good. They very much, a lot of the New York comics now that are getting bigger, like, like those guys and Joe List and, and like Mike Vecchio and like, they're, they're very much from the, from the school of Rodney Dangerfield and the way that they, like, Right. Tell their one-liners, but they made it their own by like connecting it in the stories. Like, right, it's, right, right, right. It's, I, I love that. Well, it's also, uh, uh, yeah, we're all we've all been just sort of watching Dave Chappelle like at the comedy at uh, the comedy cellar every night. You know, what I mean? yeah. There's there's like a, a booker at a club in um, in New York who will like who will get so pissed off. You'll you'll hear sometimes like Ugh, these. It's like she'll be watching like a newer comic like audition or whatever, and she'll just be like he watches too much David Tell because like yeah. everybody goes through that phase when you're first starting off where like you have kind of that cadence and it's like you got to get rid of it but that's that is the you're right that's the New York style of comedy yeah. Yeah. fast jokes but like are that are in a story that's why I honestly like I know some people once they started doing comedy stopped watching comedy uh, I'm just like a fucking sponge for like I, right. I I watch everything I can watch purposely so that I don't so that I first of all so I don't take anybody's jokes Second, so I don't have one person's cadence, you know, right, where it's right, like, yeah, because, yeah. because I have found myself falling into cadences of, of comedians that I listen to. And to cure that, I just fucking started listening to a lot more comedians. Like, right, you right, know, right. I mean, that's yeah. totally a little less of everybody. I think I broadened the horizons a little bit more to get away from that. Instead yeah. of just listening to one comic and going through binges of that person. Right. It's important just to, to swap, to like mix it up. Yep. Yeah. But it's also hard too, because the longer you do comedy, the more you, the comics that you like, like get smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, man. You yeah. know what I mean? But. It's a lot easier to not watch a lot of comedy when my girlfriend's been going to a lot of shows and stuff. So as soon as I put anything on TV and involving comedy in any way, she's just like, oh, I just walks away. I'm like, I gotta yeah. get it. I gotta yeah. get it through. Yeah. I like, I like honestly, like, uh, watching, watching comics now that like aren't in my lane. You yeah. Know? Like, that's like, nice. that's why, like, I always had, I always had an opinion of Shane Gillis because of the whole SNL thing right. and everything. And I was like, bored one day and I was like fuck it I'll watch his special and I was like it's fucking he's great. fucking hilarious yeah. like what yeah, yeah. the same thing with Big J Okerson just because his podcast was called Skankfest I was like or, yeah. or whatever it is Legion of Skanks yeah. I was like I was like, I don't think that's a guy I would like and then I saw him at Hilarities and I was like this dude is a fucking murderer like what yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. like I, he, he impressed me because I've never seen anybody do like out of all the comics I've seen at Hilarities I've never seen somebody do two completely different hours mm-hmm. like Big J Ogerson did. Wow. Like it was fucking nuts. That's awesome. I mean, he he repeated like maybe three or four jokes from from the first show to the second show. Yeah, yeah. It's just insane to me. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, I guess whenever you get to the point though where you're doing comedy full time, it is a lot easier to write more material and try more material and shit because you don't have to worry about your day job and shit, you right, know? that's I mean, why, yeah. And also, uh, doing more time can help you. I, I heard it's like a like the fishbowl 
uh, metaphor recently where it's like if you have a goldfish in a small bowl, i.e. just doing eight-minute sets, like you're never going to grow. But if you get into a big tank, then you can whatever. So Yeah. I don't know. That makes a lot of sense. Now, do you guys – that's something I wondered, like, because because you're – because you're at shows like New York style shows more than anything, do you often even get to see people do hours? Like, is it not really, man? I mean, sometimes uh, people will, but like most of the time, yeah, it's these showcase style shows. Yeah. Ten to 15 see, that's what I think is cool about. Uh, that's one thing I think is cool about Cleveland is is like every comic that comes through hilarities, you see their hour when they come through. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yep. I love that about yeah. it. And, I mean, that's why I've been, I've been doing comedy for eight years and, uh, you know, I do have about 45 minutes of material, but it's not like, and I could do it, but like, I don't know if it would be like a cohesive thing. It would just kind of be like a series of bits. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be hard to link them, you think? Yeah. Like, I mean, and I've already, I've always kind of thought that like segues were overrated, you know? Um, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll talk about, I mean... Like like last night, for example, I'll like I'll do some shit on COVID, and then all of a sudden I'd be like, my older brother is gay, and just like talk about having a gay brother for a while, like, and they'll yeah. have nothing to do with each other. I mean, I think they're kind of overrated, but if I if I'm doing five minutes, I don't worry about segues. But if I'm doing like a feature set, I I just have it like the comedy nerd in me just like right. makes me try to make it one cohesive thought, you know? So it's like, so then it seems like it's coming off the top of your head. Right? Yeah. That's the, that's yeah. the kind of trick. That's I feel like I cheat my way through them. You know what I mean? Like my, they're not exactly great segues, but it's just a subtle thing where I'm like, yeah, you know, communication's not my thing. Here's why. And then you move on to something else. Yeah. It's yeah. mildly related yeah. to that. Right. My, mine are just like, when I, when I try, whenever I write a new joke though, I also like sandwich it in between older jokes. So like, I do like that's the first thing when I write a joke is I'm like where does this fit into my set if it if it works you know like yeah. it's, so then I I just start doing it as a part of my set and then and then if it works four or five times then I'll start doing it on guest sets right and if it works four or five times on guest sets then I'll throw it in my set you right. know like right, that's right. Uh-huh. but yeah it's 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 fun it is cool having a comedy club in Cleveland it's rare like having a comedy club five minutes from my house yeah. Where I can just go do guest sets on Friday and Saturday nights. I can go close out amateur night if I want to, which sometimes fucking sucks. But <laughs> it's, <laughs> sometimes it's fun. I mean, sometimes yeah. there's a decent crowd there, but it depends. Yeah, it sometimes sometimes uh, two comics start yelling at each other at the bar, and then and then we have the one of them on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and, then the, and then the entire crowd is just looking at the bar instead of the stage. Has that really happened? People, yeah, it happened, yeah. To me, it happened to me two weeks ago. What happened? Um, so he went up before me and his mic got cut mm. and because he the amateurs aren't supposed to aren't supposed to aren't supposed to drop any f bombs on amateur night like that's right. Pete's rule um and and he's not really an amateur like he gets booked to host and whatnot and um so usually when somebody goes up towards the end of the show and they're not in the amateur contest, then he doesn't give a fuck. Well, the host was a new host. He didn't know that. And so he said something to Nick for, for saying fuck. And then Nick was like, just messing with them and was like, dude, fuck off. Yeah. Or whatever. And he went back and cut the mic, the host. And, uh-huh. and, went, and then he just like, and then Nick like yelled at him from the stage. So they're yelling back and forth at each other. And then Nick comes off. The host goes up 
And he's like, everybody, your last comic, do not give it up for John Brown. And I'm like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> my God damn it, dude. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like 30 seconds into my set. And these people just start fucking going at it at the bar, like screaming at each other. Mm. And I, from the stage, was his name's Nick. And from the stage, I was like, Nick, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, and like, and, and like, I started doing jokes again, but then like the crowd was just watching them at the bar. So I was like, eventually, right. I was like, fuck this, get up here, I'm done. Like, right. you know, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing this bullshit. Dude, yeah. There's <laughs> definitely things like that can derail your set. And it's like, what do you do? How do you get out of that? Yeah. The worst thing was, uh, we were, when we were doing the outdoor show, we were in a, um, uh, we moved, when it got really cold, we moved to our friend's house. He had like a little backyard thing that we sort of set up and we put up some heaters and it was like shielded by buildings. So it was just like a little bit warmer, more manageable. Uh, but the people in the apartment complex like hated us, which is like kind of weird. It wasn't like a super late show or anything. But, um, so sometimes they'd be out the window like, shut the fuck up. And one time they <laughs> called the cops. And then one time I was on stage, I just got up there and somebody threw an egg what? And it hit this girl in the face and she just like immediately started crying. Like it was just bad. And, <laughs> and like I had, I had one, I had like one mom, I, I thought I could have saved it. I was like, I, uh, I hope they don't throw any more eggs. I recently became vegan. And like, that was, <laughs> uh, and like that was my, but then I tried to go into material. Like nobody, everyone was just thinking like, yeah. we're going to get bombarded or whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And feeling bad about the chicken stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm thinking like Foxy's going to sue us or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. Assault um, with a deadly egg. <laughs> I mean, dude, you get, if you, someone throws an egg from three stories, four stories up, like yeah, it's going to yeah. fucking yeah. hurt you, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Was she a comic? Was she or No, she... just an audience member. Well, that's bull. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't even make the show happen. Right. Yeah. Eggs thrown at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is crazy. Yeah, man. <laughs> Sorry that happened to you, John. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. It's hap that shit happens all the time around here, like shit like that. But um or like the other night I did a bar show where like the crowd's back was facing me the entire time. Mm. And I tried to do the thing where I'm just like a little louder to grab their attention and it didn't fucking work. Like right. it was just not working. Right. And it was like, I just came from a mic that was great. You know, yeah. and then I went to that and I'm like, fuck comedy, dude. This is just <laughs> like, it's, it's like, it's, it's the love of my life, but it's like, fuck, dude. Every time you have a good set, there's a bad set coming at some Absolutely. point. Like, right, exactly. Sure. Well, that's, that, it's, that, that's, that's the beauty of it, right? It's humbling and, uh, it's never, uh, it's never going to be perfect and it's a lot of, Getting out of holes and, and yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. And every time you're like, I feel like I've dealt with everything that could be a problem in this. You go to another show and you're like, no, no, I didn't. I, every, I time, I every time I start to feel like, oh, I'm starting to really understand this. I'll just like bomb my dick off and I'll be like, I am horrible at this. Start over. <laughs> yeah, I, I am horrible at this. Yeah. Um, well, I think we we'll wrap it up. Um, Eli, where do you want people to follow you at? Uh, my handle is Joke of Eli, like uh, Book of Eli, that B movie from 10 years ago. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's a joke on that. Joke of Eli on Instagram and Twitter. Um, 
Uh, follow, yeah, so follow me there. Check out my show if you're in New York. And uh, don't watch Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, you got anything coming up you want to promote? Yeah, man, March 11th. There's a big show at Grindstone. Uh, Bob McClure is headlining. Joe Briggs is featuring. I'm hosting. So that'll be a kick-ass show. And then March 18th, is uh, we're doing a huge roast battle at Front Street Social. So, yeah, come root for me. And then March 20th, uh, Twisted Tomato, Sean Boyd's putting out a, a show there I'm on. So that'll be a lot of fun. Cool. I just I just want to promote April 1st, uh, Stadium Grill, Stadium Laps. It's uh, Bill Squire headlining, Brian Kenny featuring. So you're getting two headliners for 10 bucks, basically. So come out to that. It'll be a great show. I'm hosting it. Uh, follow me at John Brown Comedy. I think that's about it. True that. All right. All right thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. Yep. Thank you, man. Thanks for being here.